Hey, did you know that divorce might be allowed in the Philippines soon? Oh, really? That's interesting. Do you think a lot of our accounting classmates will divorce their spouses? Hmm, I think that's unlikely. Why? Why do you think that? Because accountants are very good at reconciling differences. Everyone, welcome to Banana Q Podcast. After last week's wedding episode, today's topic is what sometimes follows that divorce. <laughs> but not in the Philippines, though, because did you know that divorce is not allowed in only two countries in the world, and that is the Vatican and the Philippines? Mm. But if you think about it, Vatican City. It's a very small sovereign state. <laughs> it's like less than a square kilometer. So. In the world, it's actually the smallest in size and also in population. There are only about 801 people in Vatican City. Oh, and a lot of them are celibate, right? So yes. they don't really need to divorce to <laughs> so begin 801, with. <laughs> so one is the Pope, so 800, and then probably a significant portion of that is religious and lay people who are celibate. You're right. And so yeah. technically, divorce wouldn't really be needed, right, in a state like Vatican City. And if you mm -hmm. compare the size and the magnitude of the population of the Philippines to that of the Vatican City, I think it pales in comparison. So now mm -hmm. I think it's a good discussion to have divorce, right? And recently, I mean, not recently, August 17, 2021, according to the Library of Congress, the Philippine government announced that a bill proposing the legalization of divorce has been approved by the Committee on Population and Family Relations of the House of Representatives. Mm, okay. Yeah, so the announcement gave the explanation, right, that the bill includes the following grounds that may be invoked for filing a divorce. Number one, separation of the spouses for at least five years at the time of the petition for divorce is filed. That means you need to have at least five years, right? Five years is quite long. Yeah, I think so too. I think maybe as an initial bill, five years makes sense. And then later on, maybe if they feel that there's still a lot of coverage required, mm -hmm. and so they could technically lessen that. The second one is gender reassignment, surgery, or transitions from one sex to another by one of the spouses. That makes okay. sense, yes. That makes sense, okay. Yeah, I mean, if Monica, your wife, suddenly became a man, right? <laughs> Doesn't make sense for you to keep on being married to him mm. at that point because yes, you're not yes, gay. Yes. <laughs> and and same-sex marriage is also not allowed, so. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> mm, there's a slippery slope there. So one yes. changes the, and so technically the marriage is no longer valid. And so, yes. Mm -hmm. Next is, irreconcilable marital difference. This is hard to prove. Well, it could be anything, right? But I, I would say that isn't it the same thing with all countries where divorce is allowed? Mm, you can actually true. get divorced for whatever reason. Next one is domestic or marital abuse. Yeah, I think this mm, one is a very Definitely that should be allowed, yep. Mm. And then last one is a divorce decree obtained abroad by one of the spouses. I don't know what that means. Maybe one of the spouses got divorced abroad. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So, if it's done elsewhere, then it makes sense. Like mm -hmm, it can, yeah. It's just following whatever was done 
abroad. Yeah, because I don't know how true it is, but it was just mentioned by one of my friends before that actually if you're a Filipino, probably with a Philippine citizenship, mm. you're not really allowed to divorce even if, let's say, like you and Monica, you're in Japan, mm. but you can still cannot get divorced, right? Because mm-hmm. you're both Filipinos. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. If this divorce bill pushes through, that means if you get a divorce in Japan, that would also be honored in the Philippines, I guess. Because right now, it won't be. Even if you did get a divorce in Japan, mm. for example, it will not be honored in the Philippines. But before you get excited, this is just a bill that's passed in the lower house. So it needs to be approved first in the Senate. Mm, okay. And then also the president has to approve the bill as well before it becomes a law. Now, the Philippine mm. president may refuse to sign the bill. Mm. And it may send it back to the House of Representatives or Senate, wherever the bill came from. And it would take two-thirds vote of both houses voting separately for it to kind of reverse the veto power of the, of the president. Oh, okay. So there is a way to reverse. Yeah. But it's two-thirds, so it's like super majority, right? Like, okay, got it. If it's really a strong bill, like there's a really strong support in the legislative body, but knowing that the Philippine president may have like strong influence in, in the Senate and in the House of Representatives, right? So that two-thirds could be hard to get if the president doesn't want to sign the bill. That's true because, you know, it's political, right? It's about <laughs> yes. who is your compare and comare. So it could take years. That's what I'm saying. All right, so since that bill is brewing, we thought it would be interesting to debate the merits of legalizing divorce. Mm. So should divorce be allowed in the Philippines is the question of this podcast episode. Okay, so I will start by presenting an argument on why it should be allowed in the Philippines, Mm. right? So I am the pro side. Mm. And my argument is that nothing is forever... Like, you know, people, feelings, circumstances change. If you are allowed to break up with a boyfriend, then you should also be allowed to break up with a husband, especially if it no longer makes sense to stay together. Mm. And being in the marriage only makes one or both unhappy, right? So I'd like to read a quote from Anna Christian Toazon. She's from the Philippine Daily Inquirer. And she says, Divorce is not the killer of happy marriages. It is simply a life raft for people drowning in a marriage that's already long dead. If you want to ensure the happiness of a marriage, we should be providing couples with resources and support to help them better adapt and not simply mandate them to stay together. Mm. I'm seeing this as in a way, I mean, a marriage is a contract, Mm. right? So like you're probably saying that you cannot undo a contract or whatever. But then, for example, all other, or not all, but a lot of other contracts you get into, like, for example, a job. Mm. If I am very unhappy with a job because I'm being bullied, like extreme circumstances, then mm. I have the right to resign from the job if I right. want, right? Nobody can force me to stay in the job. So I'm saying that maybe people should be allowed to do this with marriages as well. Mm. So yeah, that, that's my point on why it should be allowed in the Philippines. I see. And then I'm taking the status quo. So I'm taking the stance of the government. So, Mm. uh, And the argument that a lot of opponents of this bill argues that having divorce in the Philippines will technically destroy the essence of the most basic form of our society, and that is the family. 
So according to one vocal opponent, House Deputy Speaker Brother Eddie Villanueva, so he's religious, his brother Eddie, uh, uh-huh. he stated that divorce will offer couples an express way out of marriage that will diminish the institution into a simplistic contractual relationship, bereft of its pure meaning and call for lasting commitment. Injecting absolute divorce in the society is a sure formula for raising fatherless and motherless Filipino children. So I think you've mentioned that, right? Uh, mm. it, it is a contract. You should be able to get away with it. But what Brother Valenueva is saying is it ex- that's exactly what he wants to avoid, right? And so I think what he was trying to say is before you even sign into that contract of marriage, you have to be absolutely 100% sure you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. So there has to be proper due diligence because what happens is if there's an express way out of a marriage, then people will just get married easily. Like you would go, maybe instead of going to Vegas in the US, probably you would go to where in Makati, there's that popular red Jupiter light district. Or Jupiter, you go to Jupiter and get married, <laughs> shotgun marriage, right? Um. So I, I think... <laughs> That's that's the negative side effect of that as well. Having the ability to say or to rescind the contract would also welcome a lot of people, you know, let's just get married. Anyways, we can get out of it if we don't like it. Like, why don't we just try out? And then if we don't like it, let's just get away. So having that ability probably is one of the reasons why there are a lot of opponents to this bill. Not making it easy for anyone to get married. Yeah, and I think that is because... Primarily, the Philippines is a religious country. Yes. And then hence, that is usually what is the stance of religious people, right? Mm. They are pro-marriage and anti-divorce. Okay, so mm. my second point on this, though, is that divorce could save the lives of many victims of domestic violence and allow people to determine their own lives. So let mm. me read an article from Inquirer.net on this. So it states, not allowing divorce as a legal option is like not allowing emergency exits in a building. Imagine there's a fire, but the building owner didn't put in emergency exits because he does not believe in it and that you were expected to keep managing the fire, not escape it. Imagine still a building infested with toxic mold, but that you were not permitted to evacuate because others couldn't fathom why you don't have the willpower to tough it out. Most people, hopefully, will not need to use emergency exits in their lifetime. But you will be glad it's there when you need it. Divorce can also be a protective tool against domestic violence, which is the strongest reason why it should exist. In other countries, they found a significant reduction of spousal conflict and extreme partner violence once divorce was an accessible option. When you know that your spouse has legal rights to leave, you are disabused of the notion of your spouse as property and less likely to mistreat them. Domestic violence also takes up a significant portion of reasons for divorce, around 25 to 50% in other countries. By refusing to provide this option, you are condemning victims of domestic violence to a lifetime of hell. Not having access to options can also turn into desperation, leading some individuals to consider a lethal option. Mm-hmm. If there is a divorce option, people would very likely jump into marriage easily. But on the other hand, if the husband, in this case, because it's usually women who are victims of domestic violence, right? So 
they would feel like, oh, since you cannot leave me, then I can do whatever the hell I want and you mm. don't really have a choice, right? So maybe that is the, the case why divorce should be allowed if they don't want it for everyone, but it should be allowed for extreme cases like this one. Yeah, I, th- I think I understand that analogy, not having a fire exit, but I think the opponents of the bill also argue that you should only consider the fire exit as the last resort, right? Like you shouldn't mm. make the fire exit as big as <laughs> for anyone to kind of comfortably get out of like, mm. and before you even consider taking a fire exit, you should mm. train yourself how to use a fire extinguisher, like basic training on diffusing fire mm. so that you at least attempt to diffuse whatever it is that's brewing with you and your partner uh, before you take the final kind of last resort. But I, yeah, you're right. Domestic violence, really, there's no getting away around it. How do you stop that unless you put the man in jail? But then if you put him in jail, but then the woman would not be free to marry somebody else. Mm. You're really putting her through hell. So, <laughs> Either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people become prisoners of that void, I mean, defunct contract, right? Because mm. essentially there's no more love. The only thing that's keeping you together is that document that you signed that cannot be reversed. Yeah. But I think also, aside from the training, aside from the pre-marriage counseling that you undergo, if you're already married and it seems not working out, I think what we see in the U.S., at least in the movies, there's a lot of marriage counseling that couples undergo just so they can really pinpoint what it is that's causing the problem, right? But if it's domestic Mm -hmm. violence, then obviously that's a very obvious reason but some marriages need a professional to kind of sit in between them objectively understanding what is the reason why it's not working out perhaps it could Mm. be something else perhaps the domestic violence is a symptom of the problem it's not really the problem of the marriage so looking beyond the symptoms of the problem asking for professional help perhaps is an answer rather than going to the last resort of divorce. That's kind of the argument of the opponents of this bill. And another argument against the bill is religious groups and supporters see the measure as evil and anti-family. There's this article by Charlie Proctor entitled The Effects of Divorce on Modern Society. And it says Mm -hmm. it has several effects. Firstly, it has negative effects on children. So children usually are sad. They feel the guilt. They feel that, you know, the divorce is their doing. And obviously, because they're sad, they feel guilty. Their education is severely affected. They have slowed academic progress. Because who will help with the homework? Mm. Uh, oh, mom usually helps with the homework. Oh, but this week I'm with dad. And dad usually is very busy with work. Nobody is there to help me with my homework. And who would chaperone me on my field trips? That's usually mom's job, but mom and dad are taking turns and taking care of me. So there obviously are a lot of issues. And for children, that's a very big impact, right? Especially that, Mm. you know, they're still in their foundational years. They need a lot of support. And so that would lead to later on behavioral problems like anxiety, low self-esteem, Mm. Oh, I look at other families, they have a complete set. Whereas for me, I have only a father on a week 
weeks one and two and then the following two weeks it's with my mom so it's like they bear it all and children are our future <laughs> as the song I believe goes, the children are future so yeah that's okay. the first effect second effect is negative effects on the social life for both adults and children so in a divorce your social circle will change right because you can't help it people will need to take sides mm, yeah. like in a divorce if you're a common friend then hey you're my friend right you're not my wife's friend right <laughs> i was your friend before you met her you know? so it destroys your entire uh, social circle mm. the next one is effect on employment now your social circle is destroyed you will have very low job motivation you're always stressed out you feel anxious and so you have decreased productivity and your boss notices and then you get reprimanded and so you probably get sacked you don't have a job anymore and so because you don't have a job your finances are at a whack as well in a marriage it makes sense it's economical because there's a lot of shared expenses you share a household you share a house mm. food but in a divorce all of that is gone you're now maintaining two household mm. so technically everybody's worse off and mm. in the US where divorce is allowed a lot of fathers skip paying alimony no oh. so mothers end up working multiple jobs just to survive and provide for the kids so mm, it's quite sad sad right so in summary there are multiple effects and it usually takes a very long time before both sides can recover and the effects span emotional state your social circle and lastly your economic status of all parties involved so there really is a profound effect a negative effect if divorce is allowed in the philippines mm. yeah yeah i think i think your those points are true in the case of if it's just a light reason to stay together but i mm. think if it's a heavy reason I would say that you know you would still be demotivated to work and all that, right? If you're really unhappy mm. at home and all that, I would think. Mm. But I guess those other points could still stand. And I would also like to think that there's a taboo once you know you are separated or divorced, right? When people talk about you. Oh, she's a divorcee, something like that. So yes, there's also that. Like what? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, you get scarred for life, right? Like, oh, mm. but in the U.S., it's very common. Like, oh, I'm the third yes. wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think it depends on your culture, right? Mm. Like, probably in the U.S., it's very common, so it's it's not a big deal. But I think for other circles, it could be. And mm. like in the Philippines, there's no divorce, but you are allowed to separate, right? Mm. I I know someone. She was very unhappy in her marriage, but she did not dare to leave it. Because mm. she was afraid of what the people will say. Yeah, that's the problem with our society, right? We are easily stigmatized by whatever it is mm, that people say. Anything negative, you're almost as if holding a sign that I'm a failure for life. Mm. There's no chance for me getting reborn as someone new. We talked about this about bankruptcy as well in the U.S. If you go bankrupt, the following week you can be a millionaire because they give chances to people to mm. to change. But in the Philippines, once you do something bad, it's almost as if that's the end of it. Like there's no digging your way up from that hole that you are in. Yeah, I think it's because we are a close knit society, and that is mm. a bad and a good thing yeah. at the same time, right? Yeah, that's true. It's a double edged sword. So 
we were talking about scandals in general and saying, mm-hmm. oh, but people will forget. I said, that's not the case in small towns. Like something mm-hmm. happened to one of my friends from a long time ago. But until now, I think if somebody will see her, oh, wasn't she the one who did this? People are going to remember, yeah. as, as you said, brand you for life. Even if you've already gone past that, you've already become a very successful person. Even disabilities, right? I really find it disturbing. Like if you ask for somebody, hey, do you know Maria? Huh? Ah, Maria Kimpang. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, like, why? Oh. Why? Like, why? Yeah, that's true. That people are really mean in the Philippines. Yeah. I know we shouldn't be laughing, but I mean, I just. It's funny because it's true. Yes, mm. people are very judgmental, judgmental in the Philippines, mean. I would think. Mm, we should change that. Yeah, we probably should find a way to change that. Yeah, not just with regards to people who are separated because you don't know the story. Right? Like, why would you jump to conclusions that, oh, she's a divorcee? What if she did it because it was the only way for her to mm. escape domestic abuse or something, right? Yeah. You shouldn't really be judgmental, which yeah. again leads me to sorry, I was trying to counter that was just the first part of it. <laughs> There's a research paper from Erica Kimberly King, and she mm. says there are negative effects on adolescents when parents with marital conflict stay together and when they separate. The current options available to couples are expensive and laborious, draining, already depleted financial and emotional resources of families with marital conflict. Relationships are strained even further for a long, longer period of time. Non-marital cohabitation occurs with the stigma associated with it and without mm. the legal benefits of being legally married. With the divorce bill, however, Filipinos will have a better option. The divorce bill takes appropriate precaution and keeps the most vulnerable stakeholders, children, domestic abuse victims, and indigent applicants in mind. It provides professional and much-needed support to families in the process of divorce and would allow parents to be able to cleanly move on with their lives and be in a better position to parent their adolescents. So what this is saying is, if you force a couple to stay together it also causes strain on the children anyway. Yeah. Like, if the couple is, like, really not good together, they're very toxic, they're always fighting. You know, I have a friend who witnessed her parents chasing each other with itak. What's itak? Uh, sundang? I'm sorry. <laughs> what is sundang Bolo? in English? Yeah, uh, that's not English at all. I mean, you know, like a knife, a big knife. A chopping knife? What is that in English? Anyway, yes. Yeah, so they were chasing each other around with... Giant knives. So, like, do you think that that is a healthy environment for a child to grow up in? Mm. Wouldn't it be better if this couple just got a divorce? And you know what I mean? Like, I Mm. think, yes, there are negative effects on children of couples who do divorce. But there also are negative effects for them for those couples to stay together. It's not necessarily just that. In the case of the domestic violence, a child grows up seeing his dad punching his mom and you don't know what that does to a child he may end up being so psychologically abused it affects his mind that in the end he grows up and he does the same thing to his wife and so on it becomes a cycle or he becomes a serial killer and kills a lot of women Mm -hmm. i think i've been watching too much tv shows listening to a lot of lagim (laughs) (laughs) these people who do that they are the products of these kinds of marriages right Mm so either way whether the couple stay together or they separate there are negative effects on the children so 
I think it really depends on a case-to-case basis. Maybe mm. there are instances where maybe if you work harder, if you go see the psychiatrist, like you mentioned, right? Mm. Therapy, you can go through it. But there are those that just cannot be helped by therapy, right? Yeah, but the problem with that argument is if the domestic violence is just a symptom, even if with the divorce, right? The mm. father, if he's abusive with his partner, then that would happen again to a new partner. Well, that guy should be thrown in jail then or whatever. But then mm. the wife should still be allowed to marry somebody else, I think, is what I'm saying. And also, if you remove him from the household, then the child will not be likely to be also abused himself. My, my point is, without figuring out the root cause, it will just happen again to the new families of those who separated, right? Because whatever it is, they haven't fixed it will lead to, again, domestic violence. Mm. Yeah, but I would think, well, that's a separate issue entirely, mm. is that, yes, I think therapy should be normalized in the Philippines, mm. right? For everything, mm. not just couples therapy, but before you go take that step, you should undergo therapy, and then when, you know, it's really not gonna be fixed, then mm. maybe, but they should still be given the option to divorce in the end because there yeah. are people who are really not fixable, yeah. Because maybe they are not receptive also to help, right? There are people who don't really listen, who don't want to help themselves, right? So yeah. This just reminds me, therapy, professional, psychiatrist, all of these have dollars in them. Yes. <laughs> these are expensive, <laughs> right? True, so, it's by the hour usually. And you get labeled by your neighbor, oh, they went to a <laughs> psychologist, they must be buang, they must be crazy. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> That's one other thing that people gossip about, like seriously. <laughs> why, why are they going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist? <laughs> they no, must be crazy. Immediately crazy. you can, are they crazy. They can't solve it by themselves. They need a professional. They must be crazy. Then you get labeled. <laughs> oh, where where is Mary? Sorry for using Mary over and over again. Oh, where's Mary? Oh, Mary the crazy? Oh, Mary the crazy. <laughs> Yes, yeah, actually, that is true. That is how people in the Philippines react, definitely. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah. And the final argument for the opponents of the divorce bill is we are religious. Filipinos generally are predominantly Catholic, and the church does not allow divorce. So. Mm A marriage can only end when one party dies. Or if there are grounds for an annulment, a couple may be granted. So in the U.S., a couple may be Mm. granted a civil divorce and be divorced in the eyes of the state. But their marriage will continue in the eyes of God. So during marriage, right, you promised, Uh, till death do us part. It didn't say, till divorce do us part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like what God put together, let no man put asunder. Yes, you see? But in the Bible, there's actually accounts that allow divorce. But uh, obviously, the Catholic Church does not recognize those <laughs> accounts. And so, yeah, divorce is not allowed. To negate what you just said, right? Not everyone is religious. So why should those people not be allowed to divorce, right? Mm. I would think, first of all, that there should be separation of church and state. And in the Philippines... It's not just this, but in a lot of cases, right, there is no separation. Like gay marriage, for example. That is not allowed because the church does not allow it. But technically, if you only look at not the church side, but just human rights, 
I think mm. they should be allowed to also have the same rights as straight people. Mm. In the case of what you mentioned, right? If someone is religious, they can still choose not to get a divorce. Mm. Nobody is forcing you to get a divorce. If you are religious and you still go and get a divorce, your punishment is that you are not going to be allowed to get married in the church again, right? Because the church does not recognize that. So I think that should be the punishment enough. And, mm. you know, you shouldn't get a rule that is applicable to your religion and then put it out to everyone. For me, it's weird. Like, not everyone is Catholic. Like, there's a Buddhist in there and you suddenly know you're also not allowed to mm. divorce because the Catholic belief is like this. You know what I mean? So I think it really should depend on the people themselves, whether they want to follow the Bible or not. Well, that's the thing, right? Laws are made by people, and people in the Philippines, we tend to gravitate to a certain religion, we mm. to a certain tenet and belief. And so, yeah, that's why it's divided right now, right? There are a lot mm. of supporters to divorce bill. There's also a lot of opponents. But I think the bottom line is uh, lawmakers has to ensure that if indeed this law is passed, they have to consider a lot a lot of the negative things that we talked about, right? There has mm -hmm. to be at least a remedy in mm. place. Now mm -hmm. we are lucky in the Philippines in a lot of things we are behind to you know, if you compare us with the developed nations, um, mm -hmm. and divorce is one of them. So I think we are at, at an advantage to take a look at how other countries have applied divorce in their law. And mm. if there are mistakes, obvious mistakes, then perhaps we can also already adjust that in our law, knowing mm. that they happened in the U.S. or wherever it is for other countries. So we already have a mm. basis. We should use that and, of course, apply our local circumstance and then pass that law. So what I'm saying is lawmakers should spend a lot of time before putting this into finality and make be it becoming a law. For example, the one that you mentioned, the five years thing, it could mm. be the reason why that's there is because, as you said, they have taken a look at the laws mm. elsewhere and realized that maybe based on the statistics, people who were allowed to divorce after one year or whatever, they, they got remarried after <laughs> yes. an, another year or something <laughs> because they were mm. just too you know blinded by rage at that moment or something. So. Mm. That could be it. Okay, I just Google this now. In the US, I think it depends on the state. So it could mm. be often one to two years. So mm -hmm. yeah, so that's why probably ours is longer. So just to give couples more time to think about it. Like really, do you really want to leave this man? Maybe if they're separated, you know, mm. they were like, oh, I really want him in my life after all. Like, because mm. I don't know how to cook. So I need someone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the Philippines as well, right? I, I find it, I think unique in our country before you get married there's a lot of pre-marital counseling oh yeah yeah we underwent like several seminars and to me they are very valid they've touched points they've touched topics that we wouldn't even have considered on our own like uh, conflict resolution if you're living together it's normal for you to have differences and you just need to acknowledge that both of you even though you're married you're still two very different people you may mm. like something that the other party does not like. So it's a matter of finding that sweet spot, that middle ground. Uh, compromise on some, you take advantage on some, but find that middle ground. You work your way out of that relationship, mm. right? And I think that was important. And if you didn't 
really properly internalize the premarital counseling, then probably that's the culprit, right? That's the reason mm. why it failed because you weren't serious about the checklist and making sure that the partner that you are marrying is really the partner that you're looking for. Got it. Okay. Not like the shotgun marriage in Vegas <laughs> or in Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter is the new Vegas. So let's take a look at some statistics in the U.S. because divorce there is obviously allowed. So in America, there is one divorce approximately every 36 seconds. No, that's a lot. Wow. So their population is about three times that of the Philippines. Okay. So for us, maybe it's three times of 36 seconds. So it's one minute and 36 seconds. Maybe <laughs> I don't know if that statistics will hold out. So that's nearly 2,400 divorces per day. Mm. 16,800 divorces per week and 876,000 divorces a year. Wow. That's a lot, right? Yeah, that is a lot. And the average length of a marriage that ends in divorce is eight years. Okay. How many mm. years have you been married? Five. Oh, wait. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. More than five. <laughs> oh, prior. my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you got married in 2014, right? Yeah. Seven. And then, so that means... <laughs> the five years cooling off period that the divorce bill included is actually making sense because mm. the average length of a marriage that ends in the divorce is eight years. So maybe five years is too short even. And then people wait an average of three years after a divorce to remarry if they remarry at all. So there's a chance that <laughs> that couple may come <laughs> So back. maybe five years is too long. Maybe three years is the sweet spot. Mm. I don't know. But Could anyway, be. okay. The average age for couples going through their first divorce is 30 years old. Okay. Okay, then it makes sense because usually you would get married around late 20s, right? Yeah, but if it's eight years, that means you got married at 22. These people. Now, some people do marry early. So yeah, so, but it also makes sense to me. That's why they get divorced because you were too young. You were not really a fully formed person at that mm. point, I would think, right? I mean, like, you are a fully formed person, but <laughs> But I mean, your brain is not fully formed, right? I, I, there's mm. a new study that says that the brain is really mature at 25. Mm. So at that stage, you could have been a different person. You're right. That's true. That's why the average is low because, yeah. And they probably did not attend the counseling as well. <laughs> that's true <laughs> and and you know how you know how it is right when you're a teenager the younger you are like starting in the teens the more easily you fall in love you think you're in love like your feelings are you know very strong you're very passionate so maybe at that early age you think that you know you're so in love and all that mm, that's, that's all that you could see <laughs> but you didn't realize that you know there's a lot of differences between you you have nothing in common that sort of mm. thing you know what i mean so yeah and that's true love is a it's a mystery right because it's it's really hard to distinguish you know love for a person versus love for eating chocolate like it's hard to differentiate the two and so mm. getting married at some point you also need to be practical about it. Like, you need to look beyond what you're feeling. But practicality is—is is it the right decision to make? Are you comfortable mm -hmm. in your life, wherever it is, in your career? Are you okay for you to do this decision? So, mm. to me, it's—it's it's also a good thing to take a step back and look at it at a different angle, right? Maybe mm. you're rushing it, yeah. And yeah. and perhaps ask people, like ask your friends, ask your principal sponsor of your. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? <laughs> think think about oh okay if I get married next week who will be my primary sponsor right those are the couple mm. who will be your guideposts will be your supporters mm. then ask those people hey is it the right time for me to get married is it mm. you know you as a couple what were the you know what what do you think would happen like ask for help from people ask for advice I think that's one way mm. and also I think it's good to you know read maybe relationship columns Mm. or pay attention to your friends who have problems, right? Like mm. me, I'm not married, but my friends, they always confide in me in all their mm. relationship mm. <laughs> troubles. So like I'm aware vaguely of what to expect in Ooh. a marriage. Yeah, so I mean, I think women talk more than men. You pro- your, your friends probably don't talk to you. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but women, uh, close friends anyway, they... I, these are not like they blabber to everyone. Like, like very close friends, they would mm. talk to each other usually. So, yeah. So I think that would be a gauge for you, right? By the time it's your turn to get married, you know what to look out for. Mm. Like what is important. You know what should be a no-no. That's true. And there's another statistic that if your parents are happily married, your risk of divorce decreased by fourteen percent. Well, that's, that's yeah, true. yeah. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Right? Yeah. Mm. Then people who wait to marry until they are over the age of 25, oh, this is the sweet spot, right? You mentioned mm-hmm, that this is mm-hmm. the time that your brain is fully developed, are mm. 24% less likely to get divorced. Mm. Yeah, because at that point, you're probably more or less aware of who you are. And mm. even career-wise, you're also already, more or less, you would be where you're supposed to be. Mm. For the rest of your career, I guess, right? Mm. So maybe that at that point, you already know what you want hmm. in life, in career, in your partner. So maybe that's why when you choose someone to marry at that stage, you are more likely to stay with them, right? Hmm. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> <laughs> you want to marry? You want to? You want to? You want to get divorced? You want to? What? Okay. And then last statistic: If you've attended college, your risk of divorce decreases by thirteen percent. Hmm. Mm, okay. Why is that? Probably because if you've attended college, you're older already. I don't think they're talking about... (laughs) (laughs) No, I think attending college gives you that opportunity to be with very diverse people, right? You get to know Mm. more about life. You get to experience Mm -mm. technically other things with people who are very different from you as opposed to if you're just staying at home. Maybe it's because also of the earning capacity usually mm-hmm. not always especially in in US or whatever but in a lot of countries right if you've attended college you usually have a chance to get a better paying job and mm-hmm. as we know financial troubles is if not number 1 at least one of the top reasons why mm-hmm. couples fight right so yeah. i think this would be the reason maybe the the reason why people divorce if money is the problem why people mm. get divorced. Well, mm. people who have no money should... Huh? Right? <laughs> so it, say, it's contradicting. Hold on. Let me think. Uh, then people who don't have money are less likely to have the, a divorce, right? Because they don't have Because they the want problem. to stick together. No, but I mean, the, their problems, like, right? You have no money. You have very little money. And then you have mm. small arguments that escalate mm. because you're angry at each other, Right. Yeah. And, you know, you stop loving each other because you're yelling at each other all the mm. time because you have no food 
Or why did you use the money to buy a lottery ticket when we should have used it to buy milk for the child? You know what ah, I mean? So I, I see, think I that escalates the tension I see, in I see. the I think, house. I think it's not the absolute dollar value that you have, but I mm. think it's just the attitude, right? Yeah, keeping your yes. finances straight if you're spending beyond your means and so you don't have enough money mm. for the future. Like Your kid is going to college and you don't have money for that and obviously that leads to mm. a lot of bickering oh you spend so much money on your chicken or your rooster for sabong and not for our <laughs> yes. children and so yeah that could be one cause of problem or what not mm. problem one cause of fight and then that fight eventually sows bad feelings mm. right that's and true. it becomes worse yeah so i think that's probably the college thing i would think <laughs> We just started the college and now we... <laughs> I don't know where we ended up. <laughs> okay. So, ultimately, regardless of whether divorce is allowed in the Philippines or not, the decision is still yours, right? So, mm. if you're religious and you don't think that uh, you should get divorced because that means in the eyes of God you are sinning or whatever, then nobody's forcing you to get a divorce. It's totally okay to not get one. But... That doesn't mean that you should not allow other people to have that option, though. Mm. Because in my humble opinion, you cannot force your belief on other people, is what I'm saying. And anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's not on you. Regardless of how we argue this, mm. nothing that we say is going to change the mind of Senate or the president or mm. whoever, right? So ultimately, whatever the result is, mm. right? in the end, if it gets passed or not, you shouldn't use it as a reason to judge other people. But I think it's important that as the bill is constructed, right, they should let the people know, like bare bones, what it is. And you know how confusing it is to read laws, right? Maybe mm. boil it down to a few bullet points. What are the implications? Similar to what we laid out, right? So that mm. a lot of people, lay people, can understand what it means and what it means if the bill becomes a law and it gets applied. That's a good point because, yeah, I didn't even know about the five years thing. In my opinion, mm. if the five years thing is there, that's going to lessen the instances where people just do it for fun. You know what I mean? Mm. Not really that divorce is fun, but, you know, it will really make you think, right? Yeah. It's less likely that you will just divorce someone because you were mad that he did not get you a gift on your birthday. You know what I mean? Mm. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you have a good point. It should be laid out there for everyone. Mm. Um, once it's being heard on Senate, whenever that is, because you don't know when that's going to be. Is it five years <laughs> in the future also? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you have any arguments for or against divorce, please let us know on our Instagram handle at bananakipodcast or email us at bananakipodcast at gmail.com. Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it... Cutie Minute. Our first cutie is Trip Me Nanny for episode 73, Investing 101. So just finished the episode. Natawa ako sa opening joke niyo. Kalako investment in kids. <laughs> Thank you for creating this episode. It gave me more information and able to research more on FMETF. Perhaps next will be on taxation. So it's, it was actually Trip Nenani who suggested 
to us, right? To to do the episode. Yes. Oh, taxation. I think that's a nosebleed. Episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I I didn't enjoy that. Um, we had tax 101, right? In in accounting. 101, 102. There's a lot of tax. Oh, cannot mm. see. I don't even remember. I thought we only had 101. So yes, I I don't think that was my favorite subject at all. Yeah, because you need to memorize a lot of rates and a lot of. Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, it's, really, <laughs> it's a really tough subject to tackle. <laughs> so yes, we will think about this because we don't know how to make this um, reachable to the average one. <laughs> If we ourselves are having trouble with it, and we're supposed to be accounting graduates. Okay, so the second one is from that semi-charmed life. And she said, as someone licensed to transact trades on the stock market for investors, having previously worked for a brokerage investment company, this episode tickled my fancy. Ray was on point on all his data from bonds, money markets, and diversifying your portfolio. Impressive. And I'm proud of Dee for having a substantial knack on investing herself. You don't have to know how Nasdaq is performing or if Dow Jones are down by how many points, but they're right. Invest on your retirement. If you're in the U.S., max your 401k and IRA if you can. If you're in other countries, see how to maximize your financial growth. It's not all about keeping up with the Joneses. Also, on the subject of REIT, I agree on the stability. Options is another way to invest on stocks, albeit it's not for a novice investor. DNR sounded like sophisticated investors. And that made me fully engaged. Nux. <laughs> Thank you. That semi-charmed life. And the third cutie is from Tablieren Movement. Oh, this is Emily, right? Yeah. Mm, Emily. Paris. She said, I just listened to this episode. I thought it would be a more chill episode like most of your episodes. <laughs> and then I found myself cooking sushi and desperately trying to catch up with all the things that were said. <laughs> Ooh, I, I know the feeling. As always, the episode was great and there were so many things to learn. It was explained in a very simple and clear way. I'm not a Filipina, but when you talked about the behavior of Filipino people regarding money and saving, it totally <laughs> reminded me of what my partner from Philippines would say about Filipinos. Yeah. <laughs> so you see, it's not just Filipinos who know how bad we are with our finances. It's also foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and yeah, and I think last episode when we read her blog post about mm. us, right? I mentioned that I thought she was Filipino, but it turns out she's not she's because not. I thought that only Filipinos would be listening to us. But it's good to know that usually partners of Filipinos, I guess, are listening to us mm. as well because they want to figure out what their partners' culture ah, is right. like, right? Yes, we did answer that question about interracial relationship in our previous episodes we talked we yeah, yeah last year mm. yes the cultural differences cultural and all that yes. Yes, yes, yes yeah and there are a lot of Filipinos who get married to other mm. races right a lot of them are also listening and trying to figure out why is my wife not good with money <laughs> <laughs> is it just her or is it the entire Filipino community and yes it is on average <laughs> the entire Filipino community See you next week. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye.